now that this moment's been realized, how does it compare to what you imagined it would be? This is everything I imagined. When we said to come back, it was a lot of us. We said we had unfinished business. So I'll leave y'all with this. Business is finished. <laughs> it certainly was. That is Blake Gorham uh, as the Michigan Wolverines break a 27-year drought in a flood of overwhelming offense and stifling defense to beat the University of Washington Huskies for the national championship. And uh, as I said earlier, I think I think Las Vegas and Ann Arbor have a lot in common. Nobody slept last night, but I can tell you there are a heck of a lot more winners in Ann Arbor than there are in, in Vegas. <laughs> you believe that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, usually when someone new comes to the neighborhood, Jamie and Lloyd, you give them a fruit basket, something, a little welcome gesture. Here, the University of Washington is poised to join the Big Ten, and we just sent them some beatdown. Yeah, we did. Well, they have a rematch coming up in October, these same two teams. Oh, uh, well, welcome to the neighborhood Yeah, uh, is, is, is all I've got to say. I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen a more a dominating performance on the line than what Michigan delivered to the Huskies. And poor Michael Penix Jr. just hadn't seen anything like it was, uh, coming yes. in uh, on the rush. Yeah, he, I was just going to say that. He, he he was getting it from everywhere, and it was just like, I don't think they knew what hit him. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think Michael Penix Jr. was 100%, but regardless, the Michigan Wolverines came out with a bang. Yes. These two huge plays from Donovan Edwards, who was kind of quiet, you guys, yeah. in the last couple games leading and maybe that was their whole surprise attack I don't know but he had one touchdown for 41 yards one for 46 and then in the second half Blake Corum gets going he gets two touchdowns so after this season that was tumultuous Jim Harbaugh gets his championship and you know what let's ask him what he thinks about it 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 was a journey a spiritual journey just took counsel from God the Holy Spirit this team Everybody, unanimous support for each other. I ain't got a question, but my dad does. Jack Harbaugh, what's your question? I have a question. A question, if I might. Who has not? No! <laughs> How about that? Jack Harbaugh getting in on the mix. I'm and if you, you didn't hear, he used to say this to his kids all the time. Who's got it better than us? And the whole stadium said, nobody. Uh, that's listen, there was, it was all about family. And I got I, my daughter was there with her, uh, with my son-in-law. They had a great time. The poor guy that was going to come with them and sitting next to them, his flight got diverted to Dallas. Oh, he had yes. to drive in. He made it for the second half in a heroic <laughs> effort. They wouldn't let him into the stadium because he had a backpack. He threw away the backpack with all his stuff in it to get inside the stadium. Oh, my gosh. I heard this story of another Michigan fan who's diverted to Austin, had to get a car, drive in. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but texting back and forth with friends is you just savored every moment of that. And, and legitimately, I was trying to do an interview in this uh, in this suite here where a bunch of auto uh, executives and suppliers were located. We had to finally move it to the hallway because there was just there was no noise canceling in my <laughs> microphone big enough <laughs> to drown out the screaming and the hollering in that room. Exciting stuff. I knew you'd find a spot in Vegas to catch this game, even though you were delayed a little bit too. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah there, yeah, there was a delay, and uh, I think for good reason. They said we had a mechanical issue that our plane that they had intended on using was grounded. And, Jamie, uh, you got to imagine that's about doors. And uh, I was more than happy to be a little late to where I needed to be to make sure that our door didn't take an exit like that one that did over Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Guy, I mean, the more that comes out about this story, the scarier I think I it is. No one was sitting next to the window, and I don't believe the middle seat nope. there. Nope. And when the door flew off, the seats that were closest, they found they're all mangled. Can you imagine what it would have happened if someone was sitting there? So now the investigation begins. They found the pieces of that plane, and the NTSB is looking into that. Uh, but United is finding that bolts needed tightening during inspections of door plugs on the grounded Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes. How about that? So wow. now they're looking into it. Great. But thank goodness this didn't end up in a it worse could have situation. Been, it could have been so much more worse because if they were would have been at their uh, the regular altitude, like 30,000, right. 40,000 feet, people would have been walking around. They would have been serving, you know, customers, you know, uh, drinks or whatever. And people could have got sucked out of that plane. Oh my! Well, God. as it was, the flight crew's door flew open, which, you know, that's supposed to be a secure door, right? right? Their check uh, lists that they use for arrival and departure, those got sucked out of the cockpit. One of them lost his headset, so they had to find a new way to communicate to one another over the roar of the engines. It it, it was incredible, and you're right. This has already in so many ways been a, a year of miracles. Mm-hmm. And um, it, so it, what was crazy to me, guys, is learning that plane had only been put into service 100 flights earlier. That That's had right. only gone through 100 cycles of pressurizing and depressurizing so it's it's stunning to think that a bolt might have been loose or that door plug some in some way failed it wasn't through repetition or fatigue well and now comes all the uh, speculation of should they have grounded this plane earlier all they did was restrict it to flights over water like hawaii because these pressure pressurization alerts had illuminated during flights right Right. Meantime, kind of a sad day up at uh, Michigan State University, uh, and yet maybe a, a, a step towards healing and recovery, Lloyd. Yeah, um, uh, 10 months after the mass shooting at Michigan State University, school is reopening the building where the gunman entered before he opened fire on students and killed three. Berkey Hall, which has remained closed since the MSU shooting in mid-February of 2023, is the place where three students died, five were injured. The suspect shooter later died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound hours after the shootings. Uh, Dozens of students congregated outside the Hanna administration building uh, yesterday to protest the opening, chanting, Our time, our place, healing at our pace. MSU released a statement saying the school decided that while tough, it overwhelmingly supported reopening the hall. It's used as using a phased approach. We know they say that healing, the healing process is not linear and that each person will heal at their own pace in their own way. And they'll have uh, supportive options there too as well, Guy. They'll be available to all students and educators in Berkey Hall throughout the first week of classes, including welcome tables with amenities and counselors on site and support dogs and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, I know that there was a, a, a real internal debate there about whether or not just to abandon that building. There's a certain amount of resignation and surrender with that, though, mm-hmm. and the idea that, you know what, we're going to hang on to our traditions. We're going to seize our nor- normalcy back, and I, I think it's a good thing that they're keeping uh, that that hall open, and I know there are others that may have different ideas, but I, I don't think we want to 
capital to take those things from us. Um, there is uh, some very intense uh, conversations going on between the Biden administration and the nation of Mexico. Uh, we know that we're setting records uh, at the southern border uh, where they had uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 300,000 come over in the month of December alone. Now, during the Trump administration, one million stayed there because of arrangements we had with Mexico. Well, right now, uh, the Mexican government is saying, well, we'll take back 30,000 a month. That's about one third of what the Biden administration actually needs. And what they are asking, uh, supposedly the president of Mexico wants 20 billion uh, for Latin American and Caribbean countries. They want to suspend the blockade of Cuba, remove all this is crazy, remove all sanctions against Venezuela and grant at least 10 million Hispanics now living in the United States the right to remain and work legally. That would take an act. Uh, I think we lost Guy, but yes, uh, we're talking about how the Mex. Yes, Guy, we lost you for a second, but those are very strong demands from Mexico to try and get some sort of deal done. Especially in an election year. And, um, you know, you can't invoke Title 42. We could restore Remain in Mexico. Uh, The Biden administration politically has difficulty doing that. But uh, these talks will be ongoing. But right now, yeah, Mexico being uh, pretty unreasonable. By the way, one uh, little USA Today piece, a poll showing that for those in the moderate middle, those would be independents and those that lean, not our hard right, hard left. Uh, There is no affection for this idea of having an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Uh, Voters there by a two to one margin say there are more important problems to tackle. That could be a warning sign as Republicans try to gain more than the very narrow three seat majority that they have now in the House in 2024. Guys, when we come back, saw some amazing products last night that will uh, clean your floors, keep your pets safe, and uh, a a new device for cooking that I think could be revolutionary. I'll unpack it all for you as we have a little segment of what we call Make It or Break It from CES 2024. That's coming up at uh, 619 here on JR Morning. So while uh, the rest of you were celebrating the University of Michigan when uh, I was able to go off to uh, the first preview of products to be shown here in Las Vegas for CES 2024, hundreds of exhibitors coming together. Uh, the show officially opens today, but we got a sneak peek at some things. I got to tell you, everywhere I look, Jamie and Lloyd, were new ways to clean our floors. We've all seen the Roomba and other devices, the robots that will uh, vacuum. But these will mop, and they've taken it to a new level. So I want to see what you think about this. It's kind of pricey, about $1,200. But there is a a thing called the SwitchBot S10. Now, it not only washes the floor, but it will drain and refill itself. So it's also a wet mop as well. Uh, But this is the cool part of this is once it loads all that water, once the floor is clean, it will go around and use that water as a humidifier and humidify your house, go back and get refilled and continue humidifying. So it adds a different level of service to it, which I think is kind of neat. I could just lay back on a couch, man. and just. <laughs> so there's like a home base where it gets the water? Right. And the home base is tied into your plumbing. So no more filling it, no more filling the humidifier. This S10 uh, switch bot does all that for you. 
Wow. Uh, and again, 1200 bucks. but this is kind of the new gold standard in uh, user ease of, of these uh, robot floor cleaners. But I got to tell you, I saw at least five or six all taking it <clears throat> to a new level. Yeah. And of course, everybody says they're using AI. Now, exactly what they're using AI for, I have no idea. But you got to throw that on your product now. Everybody is saying they're using artificial intelligence to make it better. Uh, Lloyd, this is one that I can't, I have not seen it yet. Okay. But I can't wait to see the demonstration. It's called the Perfecta from Sear Grills, S-E-E-R. Think of this as a toaster for your T-bone. You Mm. put the meat in vertically. Infrared heating devices come at it from either side, so both sides are cooked at once. Within three minutes, you have a perfectly cooked piece of meat. They have uber sensors there to detect the internal temperature of that meat. Um, It's a $3,500 machine, Mm. but it can cut your cooking time by 90%. And it heats using infrared again at sixteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit. So I can I can have a steak anywhere from rare to well done, and in and within three minutes. In three minutes. Now is this out? This is going to be outside though, right? Uh, this is going to be outside. Okay. I've got something else that's inside that I'm going to tell okay. you about a little bit later on. But I I think that is really good. Now, do either one of you have uh, pet doors on your homes? I don't. No. Okay, so you know when you really look at the the conventional pet door, it's nothing but a flap of plastic right. over an opening that you cut out of the door. Mm-hmm. And and my kids have one, and it's really helpful because the dog can let itself out and back in. The problem is, if you've got any other critters out there that want into your house, <laughs> they can get in too. Right. Or someone that wants to break into your home who's who's not very large can do the same. In yeah. fact, I mean, my grandkids going in and out of the pet door all the time, um, but. <laughs> there's this new thing called Paw Port. And I met my friend Dana last night. She told me about it. Dana, tell me how Paw Port is is smarter than your average pet door and and why it makes your home more secure. Yeah, so Paw Port, um, it really enhances home security. It is powered through a motion sensing tag that you attach to your dog's collar and then it will only open for your dog when it can sense that motion coming from in front of it so if your dog is walking toward the door it'll open for the dog if your dog's coming back inside it'll open for the dog but enhances home security then because critters aren't able to come in from outside that with traditional pet doors are able to sneak in whether it be raccoons or snakes skunks Um, yes exactly it prevents any sort of critters like that from coming into your house and only allows your pet to come in and out Um, and then it's smarter too through the app you can track your pet's activity when they're coming in when they're coming out you can set different curfew settings if you don't want your pet to go out after 10 p.m at night or whatever hour it may be then you can lock it to set your pets inside for the night so how much does it cost and how hard is it to install it starts out at 459 Um, So that's the baseline price. And then it's incredibly easy to install. So they have a patent that allows it to retrofit actually onto existing pet doors. So you slide it onto existing pet doors through that security flap um, where you typically will put the shield. You slide it on within seconds. And then all you have to do is just screw it in to make sure that it's really secured into place. And voila, it's installed. 
But so if I, I, I live in an area where there's a lot of critters, a lot of creepy crawlies, things like that, this is a much nicer solution. Absolutely, yes. Much nicer. It'll keep those critters from coming inside of your home and give your home that extra little bit of security that it needs. Interesting. That is. But and, you know, and what I love about it, uh, that it just installs right over your existing pet door. So think of it as, as a hard door which uh, with a split down the middle, it opens like French doors, mm -hmm. okay? Okay. So it's, uh, I mean, and it only opens if your pet is standing there looking to get in. Uh, what if your pet is a similar size to a raccoon? Like, how does it know? Your pet's wearing a tag on it that tells oh. the door that it's your pet at the door. Miss that part. Yeah. <laughs> Unless those little bandit raccoons in your neighborhood have learned how to steal those tags. Right, um, exactly. You know, they, keep, they keep getting smarter. Yeah. Um, one of the things, and it, it, it has been an ongoing theme at, um, at CES, is to try to make life easier for those with disabilities. Uh, one of the things that I saw is a, a sleeve, a glove, if you will, that you put over your hand. For those with Parkinson's tremors, mm -hmm. It basically counteracts and, and um, will compensate for your tremor. And it can literally eliminate the tremor in a lot of Parkinson's patients. It's a gyroscope that basically fits over your wrist. And I just think there's so much potential for that. I've yes. seen it used before in eating utensils. Um where it will uh, anticipate the tremor, but that is is really some really cool stuff. Well, that's um, great. One thinking of things for people who have these issues, yeah. and so they can get back to their normal life. I love that. Yeah, it's called G the Gyro Glove uh, from a group called Gyro Gear. So if you're interested in that, one final thing: we're seeing a lot of smart rings, uh, rings for women so they can track their ovulation and their fertility. Uh, uh, rings for women to chart their um, uh, bodies if they are entering menopause. This is really cool. This is You are lord of the rings with this. You have a ring on, and like Green Lantern, you put your fist out there, or you point. You can turn on and off lights. You can use it as a remote for your TV, all without getting up from the couch. It can be controlling all kinds of things all from this ring on your index finger. You're going to, like I said, you're like the Green Lantern or, or Frodo. Or Thanos. <laughs> exactly. So Which, wait, it tracks your ovulation, but also turns the TV on and off. No, no, no. Those are two different oh. rings. Let's not get those mixed up. We'll have like, more wow. for CES when we come back. You know, a lot of the uh, major automakers are not here. Uh, Ford, GM, Stellantis, that have made CES so much of their marketing plan, but also their imaging in terms of making them. Uh, technology companies in the minds of consumers more than just uh, standard manufacturers. Uh, by the way, today is Mobility Makers. It's brought to you by Bridgestone. Getting people down the road matters, but getting generations down them, that's what really matters. Bridgestone, visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. So uh, a lot of automotive suppliers out here. And guys, we're going to be breaking some news right now, which is uh, I talked to someone who uh, represents a major supplier when it comes to DC chargers for EVs, especially in the software uh, part of it, which bridges uh, the vehicle talking to the charger and the charger talking to the grid. 
they are going to make Michigan their home. They have a big chunk of the European market. They're going to announce a new uh, letter of intent with the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. So 45 new jobs coming to the Southeast Michigan. It could turn into hundreds. And we can tell you the name of the company a little bit later on today. Uh, meantime, among those making big announcements, Mitsubishi Electric. And I talked to Michael Harani, a Director of Advanced Engineering, as they have four major efforts they're unveiling. Okay, Michael, big announcement, a new partnership between Mitsubishi Electric based in Northville with TomTom. We're talking about high-definition locator. What does that mean to the consumer? Uh, Yeah, thank you for the introduction. So high-definition locator is a a level 2 plus ECU or, uh, you know, engine control module uh, that enables uh, vehicles to perfectly position itself within a lane on a lane level so without using any external sensors like cameras or radars or any uh, thing of the sort the vehicle is able to position itself perfectly in the center of a lane on a centimeter level accuracy when you say precise how precise so we're we're looking at the 10 centimeter so between about around the 10 centimeter uh, accuracy and, and the, I guess the beauty of that is, is once you find that level of precision, there's not a lot of hinking around or adjusting. The vehicle stays in the lane, and it's a smoother ride for everybody. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. So, um, and then the the value of um, partnering with uh, other companies such as TomTom is to uh, use their uh, high definition mapping. So they aggregate data and they generate these very precise maps of uh, cities, so highways and uh, freeways, uh, where it could be um, leveraged by our um, electronic uh, controller to position the vehicle on these highways. So TomTom was one of the leading navigation companies back. I mean, it was TomTom and Garmin, right? I mean, those were the two leading companies, and and they've been at it longer than anybody. Uh, Yes, that is correct. And they are the experts when it comes to aggregating large amount of data uh, and generating these uh, these very rich maps with um, you know almost a digital twin of your city, uh, so yeah, they're the right partner to showcase our technology. You're also making an announcement about hazard services. Tell me about that because we've all been there. Uh, yes, so hazard services is uh, is another collaboration with TomTom where we showcasing. Uh, so TomTom um, aggregates data from different sources, as I mentioned before, and one of these sources. Is you know, Mitsubishi Electric collects data, road data, specifically when it comes to uh, various different um, uh, road topography. Uh, but also, now, when you say topography, does that also mean road conditions? Because it's a pretty sloppy day uh, in in Michigan yeah. for the next few days. Yes, we've actually presented this uh, um, over at CES 2023, uh, where we presented the um, we can detect uh, the micro weather conditions on this road surface, so how slippery it is, how wet it is, and that was in collaboration with uh, another company, Climiter. Um, so all that data, that's the, that surface data, gets aggregated and, and pop, you know, pumped out through the hazard services that TomTom provides, and that could um, affect your uh, driving conditions. So, you know, your braking distance changes, your acceleration profile changes. Your anti-skid system. Correct. Correct. And, and and that would, you know, if you think of a vehicle that is level 2 uh, plus, uh, per the SAE um, autonomy scale, you will um, change how your navigation goes 
based on the road. So the more awareness you know of the road, uh, the speed limit will change, you know, it becomes safer. And that's something you as a user, as a driver, don't have to burden yourself with because the system can tell you, like, you know, for this road is 40 miles an hour, but to be safe, you should probably drive, you know, 25 or 30 because it's very slippery. And the system will let us know that. Normally, a driver wouldn't need that kind of granular information, but the systems on board do. Correct. So you've also got an, an in-cabin monitoring system. Now, to those of us that you know want to have some privacy, uh, that sounds a little uh, ominous, but actually it, it keeps everybody safer, doesn't it? Yes, that is correct. And and uh, our approach at Mitsubishi Electric is to is, is approach it from a holistic approach. So we we understand the privacy concerns um, that users will have, especially having loved ones, children, pets in the car, aside from the driver themselves. Uh, so we can achieve this um, awareness of what's happening inside the cabin uh, several ways. So we use you know, your, your typical RGB and infrared uh, cameras, but on top of that we add radars, so in-cabin radar, and uh, we're one of the first in, in, you know, in the industry to present that uh, application. Uh, we also use uh, our proprietary uh, thermal imaging cameras. So these are cameras that provide a, an image of your thermal profile. Um, and uh, that, that kind of image has pretty much no um, identifying markers of who the person is. But we can tell the difference between an adult, a child, a teenager, just by their thermal profile. What about a drunk and a drowsy driver? Uh, that is something we, are, um, we have released and we are working on detection of the drunkenness behavior as well. That's something we are aware of that the industry, that the, uh, in 2024 there might be regulations coming down from, from yeah. Oh, yeah, the NTSB is taking all kinds of comments right now on, on what the consumer will tolerate in terms of of uh, the, the, the level of barriers to operate a vehicle. And it's, it's going to be really interesting. That is correct. And, and, and I think the, there's a, well, there, there are several approaches. So you have the, the regulation side, but also you can think of it from a, um, so you could, so, you know, we, we can detect a, a, dr a driver is probably drunk. More passively. But the, the, the question that becomes is what do you do after that, right? Right. So, so, the, there's several ways. So the, the ultimate goal is the safety of the occupants of the vehicle and, of course, whoever is out on the street. So the the best approach is to think of ways to protect both sides um, without impairing the, the ultimate function of delivering you safely to your destination. And right. finally, we've only got a few seconds yes. left, but uh, you're also making it easier for our vehicles to talk to other vehicles, to let them know if we're too close, if there's a, a dangerous intersection ahead, things like that. Uh, yes, that is correct. So, so that's another collaboration between Mitsubishi Electric uh, and uh, Comsignia. So, uh, this development has uh, been going over the past few years, uh, and we've just um, made the announcement. Uh, I think last a uh, few months ago, uh, some development has happened in Europe, and it's you know finding its way to the United States, um, and it focuses on. Um, Increasing the range of detection between vehicles, especially when it comes to intersection. So intersection cases is the most dangerous, mm -hmm. and it's very difficult for radars and cameras to detect, especially when you have obstructions of buildings and pedestrians uh, um, and the sort. And multiple vehicles converge, converging at various speeds. Correct. Correct. Exactly. So so leveraging um, the the work that has been done by Comsignia and the the, the precision of our HD locator that we use already. Uh, plus V2X, so the, f to allow for the v communication, you can do a precision detection and this determination of 
possible collision or not. And all of this helps expand Mitsubishi's footprint in Northville and elsewhere in Michigan. Uh, that is correct, yes. yes. Yeah. Michael, thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great uh, CES. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Checking the radar over Metro Detroit right now. We're in the, the hole of a donut. Uh, we've got wintry mixes all around southeast Michigan, but right around uh, from uh, west of Ann Arbor to uh, into Canada, uh, we're doing pretty well. But that doesn't mean it's not going to get dicey and that the roads, even though that they've been tre- pre-treated in a lot of cases, aren't going to be difficult. So we'll keep you on top of that throughout the morning. Also, as we celebrate the national championship for the University of Michigan Wolverines. Uh, but there are some clouds over what's happening up in Lansing, uh, a federal case where they have uh, handed down an edict that uh, the redistricting commission, the new, still new independent redistricting commission must go back to the drawing board on at least seven of 110 house seats that are up for election this year and they've given them a deadline of february 2nd so what needs to happen between now and then edward woods is executive director of the michigan independent redistricting commission and joins us live this morning mr woods good morning good morning how are you very good thank you thanks for being with us uh how tall of a task is this and is this a reasonable deadline well when the court speaks, you know, you have to follow the deadlines, and we've already have um, put a plan in place as of last week, um, knowing that this could be a potential um, a potential outcome. Um, we're really working on it. Um, a couple of things that we're doing is um, we've reached out to the Southeast Michigan Council of Government. We've reached out to the City of Detroit um, Neighborhood Department, and we plan to follow up with them. We left messages with them. Um, yesterday, before the court case came out, um, the commission is very interested in um, you know, getting presentations from them to help us you know, redraw these new house districts. As you also know, the commission um, filed an appeal with the district court. It got denied, and now we are able to file an appeal with the Michigan um, Supreme Court. So we'll be doing um, two things. You know, we'll be filing. Um, We're working with our stay through the Michigan, um, I'm sorry, not the Michigan Supreme Court, United States Supreme Court, United States Supreme Court. We'll be working with our stay with that while complying with the um, federal court uh, with regards to the maps. Uh, Mr. Woods, um, there's been a little infighting uh, with uh, some of the members. Are you confident that these members can put aside their differences and redraw these 13 uh, Metro Detroit districts? Um, I think you guys are well versed on infighting across public bodies. This is just a bump in the log. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I don't, I don't too well. Anyone, you don't have a monopoly. Michigan has a, has a monopoly. That's right. Infighting. Um, unfortunately, they don't do well for uh, PR PR situations. But I'm very confident in this commission. I've worked with this commission and its ability to um, focus on the main thing. As it relates to that, and I'm I'm confident that it will do it. It doesn't mean it will, will end everything, mm-hmm. but I am confident that it will happen. Um, we do plan to meet um, virtually um, in Detroit. We'll have our mapping schedule that we'll talk about on Thursday, but all of our in-person meetings will take place in Detroit. Uh, we do want to hear from everybody in Detroit. Uh, we know people in Detroit all do not come with the same mindset. They have different perspectives and views. And we want to hear them. We want to encourage people to come out. Um, we're proposing all of our in-person meetings for the week of the 22nd of January will all take place um, in Detroit. So we're looking forward 
to hearing from everyone in Detroit. As you know, the court case uh, was filed by the plaintiff's attorneys in West Michigan, even though it was about Detroit voters in East Michigan. So we just want people to know that we will be in East Michigan for the week. You don't have to see what's going on by coming to West Michigan, nor will we set up shop in West Michigan. We're going to be right there to hear from everybody in Detroit about the maps and their input, their public input in terms of how they feel they should be drawn. And we want to encourage people to come out. We'll be making an announcement as we secure our facilities in terms of where we will be. But um, for the most part, we're trying to get all those things scheduled and hope to have an announcement out, if not Thursday, by the end of the week. Uh, Mr. Woods, in case people listening don't remember, this was created by voters in 2018. The commission was designed to take politics out of a political process, bring it out into the open so people understood what was going on. The commission hired some experts. What went wrong here? Well, according to the courts, they didn't feel our experts um, gave us the right um, advice as it relates to um, the Voting Rights Act. Uh, I shouldn't say the Voting Rights Act, the 14th Amendment, because the court came back and said that it was um, all about race. Um, The commission disagreed. Um, As a part of that proposal that you're referring to, it gave seven ranked um, redistricting criteria that the commission had to follow. It was no longer the APOL standards as they were in the past. It was no longer the legislature doing it in a closed session where nobody knew the process. So for the first time in Michigan's history, the whole process of redistricting was done um, openly and transparently. Um, with regards to that, and the seven rank um, redistricting criteria had to deal with um, equal population and compliance with federal law, including the Voting Rights Act. Number two, it had to be geographically contiguous. Number three, it had to focus on communities of interest. Um, that's why we want to reach out to Southeast Michigan Council of Government as well as the City of Detroit Neighborhood Department. Um, communities of interest could be something of historical. Um, characteristics, historical, would more likely be like neighborhoods, um, cultural um, characteristics, which would deal with different neighborhoods. Uh, we learned a lot about the Bangladesh community, about LGBTQ. We learned a lot about the um, um, Filipino community, uh, just a lot of things we learned about the different communities in Southeast Michigan. Um, when we were going on our, our tours, our public hearing tours and doing our outreach, and then it also would focus on, I said, historical, cultural, but economic interests. So we really want to make sure we're up to date and know about these communities of interest. We did it before. We had heat maps to use, but we definitely want to go out again to make sure we have that. Um, the number four was partisan fairness. Um, number five, we couldn't favor a candidate or incumbent. Number six was um, look at county and municipal boundaries. And number seven, be reasonably compact. I mean, when you just lay out all those competing priorities and those different factors that you must somehow balance, it just brings into clear focus how complicated this is. Uh, very quickly, uh, just in, in less than 15 seconds, you have hired new consultants. Are you, have you got better experts this time around? Well, we did hire a voting rights attorney um, with our litigation counsel. Um, they have um, expertise, double expertise as it relates to voting rights. So uh, we did make that higher last week, sir, correct. Very good. Edward Woods, uh, it is a tight deadline of February 2nd, but the court has spoken. We look forward to a result and hopefully uh, putting it 
to bed once and for all, even though I know there are partisan interests that want to continue the fight. Uh, don't, uh, don't envy what you have ahead, but good luck, and thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for being us, and thank you for noticing. That- Let's go, Michigan fans. We did this for y'all. What a blessing it is to be able to receive such an amazing accolation that we did today. I'm blessed, man. It's a blessing for all of us to be out here to win a national championship for the fans, for the alumni, for the program, for the university. All I got to say is God bless and go blue. Go blue indeed. It was an amazing night for University of Michigan Wolverines fans as they broke that 27-year drought and brought home a national championship to Ann Arbor, to Michigan, and to Wolverine Nation across the United States. Such a huge alumni base we saw lots of them in airports that we traversed uh both in salt lake city also here in vegas folks wearing their gear proudly just a super night and an incredible domination Uh, absolutely guy and that was donovan edwards voice he had a 41 yard touch on a 46 yard touch on all in the first quarter and he's the first player since the bcs launched have multiple 40-yard touchdown runs in the championship game. And he had had some quiet games, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy for J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum. These guys came back to school for this very moment. You know, they say it at Michigan, those who stay will be champions. They finished the season a perfect 15-0. They win it 34-13. The maize and blue confetti was falling. And um, Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's he's been through a lot this season. Uh, this was him on the podium after the game. Uh, 15 and 0. This is a spectacular team, and I would just say there are over a hundred, hundred Michigan men that are on this team in uniform tonight, and what they've done for the last 372 days is amazing. They're champions, simply known as national champions. Pull it down! Pull it down! <laughs> he showed some emotion. Usually he's subdued Dude, and always yeah. says someone else take it, but there he showed some emotion. And, man, 303 yards on the ground. And, Lloyd, i got to tell you, the one thing that stood out to me was the complexity of the University of Washington offense. I mean, they made so many adjustments on the line, and Michigan seemed to have an answer for them every time. They did, and it, they just seemed like – uh, every time they tried to change up to do something different, Michigan had the answer, and it, they were, like, getting hit from all angles. And it's like, what's going on here? I Watching it yesterday, if I was a Washington player, I would be feeling like, what is happening right now? That's yeah. exactly yeah, what I more think. can we do? Yes. What else can I throw at you? And, uh, yeah, just continual adjustments on the part of the Wolverines. And it was really, really an impressive uh, nexus of, of player talent and just great coaching. It really was. I'm happy for shout out to Ron Bellamy, the first, uh, the West Bloomfield coach yes. who moved on to Michigan. I love him. He's a personal friend. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the people who put in all this work this entire season. It's been a long season and they've wanted this since the loss to TCU. Yeah. They say they were coming back and they did. Yeah. <laughs> they kept their word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was just, uh, just a, complete domination uh, at the line of scrimmage on both ends 
of the ball and and you did you almost had a tinge of regret and uh, and empathy for the the, the poor huskies uh that just seemed so beleaguered i mean they, they i mean did it was a seven point a game with wasn't it a seven point game for most of the second half this wasn't yeah. like some blow no, no, no. it turned into a blowout but it did right. at it, the end and that's it kind of was on the ground it, it was though. it was yeah. kind of like which team is going to make a mistake first I mean, for most of the second half, neither it was punt, 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 turnover, turnover. I, it was a close game for a lot of the second half until yeah. Michigan took advantage of Washington's Some mistakes, interceptions, yeah, and things of that. And game. good for yeah. Mikey yeah, Sanchez yeah. still. I mean, he, he's their captain, defensive back. Uh-huh. He was a former wide receiver. I mean, he's going to be a really good NFL player, and he made the the, the, the play of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, they had only one turnover prior to that, and the announcers had just said they need a turnover here, and boom, he boom, Mikey right. Sanders still, yeah. So good for him. We didn't really talk about JJ McCarthy, but he did enough: ten for eighteen, one hundred and forty yards. Well, he didn't. Ha- I mean, with with the running game that they have, and and the way that I mean, every time Donovan Edwards uh, touched the ball, it seemed that he would, you know, he, he got them the lead that they needed from from jump, and that mm-hmm. was that was terrific. There wasn't that, that that kind of pressure on them, and it was old school football. Donovan uh, is an amazing. You know, I grew up with his mom, and his mom passed away um, when he was a baby. And <laughs> let me tell you, when I see that guy run. He runs like his mother because his mother could run too. Oh, really? <laughs> she, she used to chase us around. Oh, yeah. She played with us, man. Kickball, baseball with us, man. And she she was a runner and she could catch you. You could not get away from his mom, Donna. That was his mom's oh. name. Yeah. I went to his um, signing day when he chose Michigan and uh-huh. I just had this feeling he wanted to stay close to his dad. Yeah. Also, get this glory. Sure. Stay close to his dad. So I'm happy for that family. And there are a bunch of stories like that. And yeah. the Harbaugh's really let it loose. Uh, John was there. Yeah. The parents were <laughs> Daddy there. Was there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. That's what Tom Izzo was telling us yesterday, that, that he's really enjoyed about this, even from his place at Michigan State, is the human story right, here and how right. it brought families together. And you've seen guys overcome some pretty adverse circumstances uh, and challenges uh, to rise above this. Yeah, and just one little quick anecdote. So Harbaugh was talking about how he finally can sit at the grown-ups table because he has a national championship, too, because his brother's got a Super right. Bowl. Dad's got a national championship himself. And now he's like, okay, I've arrived. He's getting a tattoo. So, yeah, he's getting tatted up. Uh, and He's no longer being called little brother at the table by Brother John. Isn't Correct. that nice? <laughs> yes. Unless John goes on to win a second Super Bowl, That's then right. trumps that. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to try to do something about that uh, with with the Lions. And by the way, uh, Dan Campbell yesterday uh, kind of giving us it, it, he may be posturing uh, ahead of the game with the Rams, but giving us the, the, a little bit of hope that Sam Laporta and they'll know in, in about 24 hours might be able to play. He said, quote, Laporta has an outside shot now. In 48 hours, we're going to know a lot with him, but he's got an outside shot. So who knows if this is gamesmanship or what. Right. Uh, Meantime, Lloyd, a couple of things we need to warn folks about. First of all, uh, this winter weather advisory that could really uh, come up the works. Uh, Right now, we're in a bit of a respite, according to the radar I'm looking at, but it could be nasty. That's right. And that winter weather advisory is in effect until 11 this morning, the fact that it coincides with uh, the commute this morning, morning commute, you know, it could get slick and slushy out there as when the snow starts falling. So, you know, you want to give yourself a little extra time to get to work or school. Uh, here in Detroit, we're expecting about one to three inches before it turns to all rain 
later this morning. Yeah, meantime, we know at Bridges and Overpasses, when you get that mix, things can freeze up, mm-hmm. and that can be problematic. And you've got a warning from police about something that a lot of us use on a regular basis, but it it could be a, a place for vulnerability. That's right. Police in Metro Detroit, they're issuing this new warning when using Facebook Marketplace to buy or sell your items. Now, over the last days alone, uh, police have responded to two separate incidents. One ended in a man being shot while trying to buy a PlayStation 5. Now, this past Saturday, around 9.30 at night, a 37-year-old man from Dearborn Heights was shot twice in the 7300 block of Greenview near Warren Avenue on the west side of Detroit after being rushed to the hospital in critical condition. His uh, family is saying he's out of danger. They say that the victim and the victim's brother came to the area to purchase a PlayStation 5. The deal was agreed on Facebook Marketplace. Detroit police say multiple suspects approached the victim. One of them shot him while he was in his car. The investigation is ongoing. No arrest made. And then Bloomfield Township police uh, responded to a similar incident at a Costco parking lot. A Facebook Marketplace deal. This time, a 14-karat gold bracelet for $800. But when both parties met in person, the buyer handed the seller $5 and napkins in an envelope. And before the seller realized, the buyer took off with the bracelet. <laughs> so now you can go. Police say the best place to go when you're going to do a meetup is inside a police station. But you can go to this yeah. website. It's called Safe uh, safetradespots.com. And you can find at least 20 Metro Detroit Police Departments offering designated safe meetup spots. Great idea. Thank you, Lloyd. Uh, When we come back, I've got some products that I'm going to pitch at you guys from CES 2024, including a bathroom mirror that will not only get you ready in the morning, uh, but it will also make sure that you are mindful, that your psyche is in the right place before you get out the door, if you want that kind of help from your mirror we'll get to that the first wjr's business feed brought to you by shelving.com we rack your world here's jeff sloan founder and ceo of startup nation to spotlight entrepreneurial tech and creator on wr morning good morning guy lloyd and jamie shopping on social media has been a building trend for some time now Sales on various social media platforms have been increasing year over year, but now TikTok has initiated its social selling program in earnest, and that should take social shopping to the next level and beyond. Drawing on its success with driving product discovery on the platform, TikTok has now announced plans to go further with the launch of a shop tab that allows users to not only discover, but to actually complete purchases right on the platform. The feature will roll out to users worldwide and will function by aggregating product listings from multiple sellers, which TikTok users can then shop and from which they can complete purchases. The move to further offer shopping functionality seems like a natural evolution for TikTok, given that 40% of Gen Z users on the platform use it as a shopping search engine. In other words, they use it to start their purchase journey. So bolting on the rest of the shopping experience seems like a logical step to allow shoppers to actually complete their purchases. And while TikTok has seemed like a place to buy lower-end goods, now even luxury brands like Balenciaga and Louis Vuitton are launching more and more campaigns to sell right on the platform. TikTok offers the following tips for success if you think this might be a channel for you. One, test the waters before committing to a full sales offering campaign. Try launching one category before moving on to offer others. Two, creative campaigns do best on TikTok, so focus on attention-grabbing campaigns in order to drive attention. Authenticity always resonates best on the platform. And lastly, 
Campaigns on TikTok should revolve around creating remarkable brand experiences. Ready to expand your sales channels? Maybe TikTok is right for you. I'm Jeff Sloan, founder and CEO of StartupNation.com, the source for everything you need to start and grow your own dream business. And that's today's business beat on the great voice of the Great Lakes, WJR. So here at CES, uh, we are seeing, whether it's home or health, so many things that are just breaking new ground. And and I know Lloyd and Jamie, uh, you've probably started out your day checking yourself out in the mirror before you, you head out, right? The bathroom mirror is where you, you, you prep? Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. Okay, so what if your mirror mirror on the wall could tell you if you were the fairest one of all? Like if I, you know, lost weight and I look good in the mirror? Hmm. It, it, <laughs> so there is there is a new... Uh, a bathroom mirror from a, a health tech company called Barracoda, and they are showing a mirror called BeMind. Now, this is a mirror that, that integrates an AI assistant. So it will like it, it's like having Alexa help you start your day as you're checking yourself out in the mirror. First of all, it actually has a skin analyzer to make sure that they don't see anything that could be perhaps harmful. So there is this this kind of a, and we've seen that before, but it goes beyond that. It will not only check your skin for your physical health, it will ask you how you're doing. And I mean, when it asks you, it really wants to know how you're doing. It's a wellness check. Like mentally? For, yes, okay. for your psyche. Uh, the Jetsons, it's officially <laughs> happened. <laughs> The question is, do you really need your mirror to be your mother? <laughs> right? well, no, the one thing you said that piqued my interest, though, was, uh, you know, if uh, skin conditions, if they can notice something with your skin or something that you need checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen this going back three and four years that they have integrated that kind uh, of, of stuff. But this is an AI voice assistant. So when it, it will ask you, how are you doing today? And I mean, it's like a psychologist. It really wants an answer from you, not just okay. It might, hey, I'm feeling a little tired. It will respond with, and, and one of the uh, authors of a study that has tested it out said, it will not only ask you, but it will give you then maybe a meditation exercise to go through to put your head in a better space before you leave for the day. Yeah, and so, you, you know, your friend may not do that. <laughs> so your mother you, may not do that. Your mother may not do that, so, you know. Your spouse cool. sure as heck isn't going to do that. <laughs> My no. spouse is sleeping when I leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the idea of, of kind of a wellness check-in. I'm uh, it, 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 There's this idea of mindfulness. So it's called Be Mind integrates an AI voice assistant with a skincare uh, regimen there. One of the thing, other things that I saw that was really cool, Whirlpool, has developed a new insulation material for its refrigerators that is so efficient, it can reduce the wall thickness of your icebox, as my dad used to call it, by 66%. And that can add up to 25% capacity inside the fridge. So I can put more stuff in there, pile more you can meat in 20, there. More, yeah, 25%. More eggos. More stuff. Okay. Well, okay, say you're a hunter and you have a lot of deer meat. That would be helpful to have more space. Exactly. Or just, you know, like we had the grandkids there, so we've got a lot more milk in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, a, a lot more stuff. 
And so uh, it's, I just think the idea that you've got something that's that efficient and can increase capacity is, is wonderful. Uh, there are a lot of new heating devices, um, things that kind of marry air fryers with uh, convection ovens. I told you uh, at uh, the top of the hour at 6 o'clock about this infrared cooker that can cook a steak in three minutes at 1,600 mm-hmm. degrees. Well, this is different. Um, do you do any smoking, Lloyd, at your house or Jamie? Smoking, like smoking meat? And <laughs> yes, not, not your cigars. I'm oh, talking okay. about oh, okay. smoking meat. Yeah, oh, yeah, we do during the summertime. Yeah, absolutely. So I ran into a guy by the name of Dallas McGarity. He won Food Network's uh, 2019 edition of Chopped. He's a chef. He is showing off with GE, the GE Profile Indoor Smoker. Uh, I got to say, it was the best smelling product I saw last (laughs) night. And I talked with Dallas about it. Now, there's just a hint of hickory aroma in the air. But how do I keep How does it keep from smoking out my house? So this has catalytic converter technology built into it. So it eliminates all that smoke from coming out into your house and it kind of eats the smoke. So you can smoke indoors without having that bitter, smoky smell of a barbecue restaurant in your home. Does, are you able to actually, because it's in a confined space, intensify the amount of smoking you can do? Does it make the, the job quicker? It doesn't cook it faster, but you do get a much nicer smoke on the protein or vegetable that you're smoking. So it does intensify the smoke a little bit. So just kind of walk me through. This is a little bit larger than a microwave oven. You've got a what looks like a pork roast in there? It's a pork butt. Yeah, I got an eight-pound pork butt cooking right now. Okay. So And it's been in there since 530. It should be done around midnight, which, you know, it takes a little bit to cook it on a regular smoker anyway. And how often would you have to add more pellets in there to keep the smoke going? So it's enough pellets in the hopper for a four-hour smoke time. And that's pretty much all you're going to put on any piece of meat anyway. Four hours of smoke, that's all you really need to permeate the meat. So after that, it goes into a holding process where it'll hold it at whatever temperature you decide. But it'll keep cooking it. So if you want to cook it longer, but you want that four hours of smoke on there, it'll smoke for four hours, and then you can set it to where it cooks for 225 for another two hours, and you got that low and slow. Now, where are you from? I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, so, so yeah. it, it can't get cool down there in the wintertime. I, I would bet this would be a nice break from having to go outside and feed the smoker. It's fantastic, yeah. You don't have to go outside and mess with the heat, and it's really hard to keep a consistent heat in the cold weather anywhere. So this kind of eliminates that hard, hard process. The GE Profile Indoor Smoker, what do you think? You know, uh, the the first thing, uh, he answered my question. My, the first thing was like, are you going to have smoke in the house? going to set off my smoke detectors. It's going to drive me crazy. But no, that, that sounds good to me. A catalytic converter for this this cooking device. Uh, one more thing, Jamie, and I want to get your take on this. Okay. They're, they're showing a lot of electronic devices that are quieter. Sharp has a hairdryer that will operate in your 50 decibels, so it will be as quiet as a household refrigerator. Oh, that's interesting. Because as someone who wakes up at four in the morning and my baby's sleeping, I'd be interested. Yeah. Yeah. And don't you sometimes feel like you are going to suffer hearing loss? With, yeah. With well, some the one of these I have charged? now is a Dyson, and it's very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> my question would be about this hairdryer, though. Like, how powerful is it? Yeah. Uh, and we'll see if we can check it out. But it got an innovation award. We'll be back.
We are savoring the University of Michigan Wolverines National Championship this morning as they break that 27-year drought and bring home a title to Ann Arbor uh, for all that support Wolverine Nation. Congratulations to you, and uh, what a joyous night it was. Whether you were with uh, fans here in Las Vegas or the folks in Ann Arbor, I mean, this was a a communal victory, wasn't it, guys? It was, and I saw the pictures from uh, Chrysler Arena. It was wild there as well. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was working last night at Mara McDonald was at Chrysler, and she said she was worried about them storming the court and she was going to get tackled. (laughs) I can update. She's okay. Okay, good. Uh, Meantime, we're also watching this winter weather advisory uh, that will be in effect through most of the morning. Uh, Right now, if you drew a line from Lansing through Ann Arbor into Monroe, that is the line of uh, snowy weather that's headed our way from the southwest headed northeast. So beware of that as you're starting our day, because we had a bit of a brief respite there, uh, but that's all coming to an end in the next few minutes. Uh, meantime, we're all going to be seeing a blizzard of receipts and 1099s and W-2s uh, because tax season officially begins three weeks from yesterday. January 29th is when the Internal Revenue Service officially starts accepting and processing your 2023 federal tax return. Doesn't mean that you can't start working on it now. And in some cases, you can even submit it. Susan Tompor uh, is always our uh, guiding light at times like these. She's the personal finance columnist for the Detroit Free Press. Susan, good morning. Good morning, yes. Who even wants to think about taxes when uh, you probably still haven't gotten over December yet? Those December bills are what you're really focused on, but... I have a very specific question for you. Uh-huh. All of this University of Michigan championship gear that people are going to be buying, that's a state school. We can deduct that, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's a good question because if you sold those University of Michigan tickets at a profit, if you were, um, if you, were uh, uh, you know, a, a season ticket holder and maybe you decided to sell some season tickets at a profit, uh, that's technically taxable. Uh, at one point, you were going to get uh, a tax form to show that if you you know sold tickets on um, uh, Ticketmaster. We, we, I wrote about that in terms of the Lions tickets and Taylor Swift tickets. If you sold those at a gain, um, it's still taxable, but there's not going to be a paper trail, at least as far as what uh, the IRS said latest. So uh, depending on how the Ticketmaster and others uh, are set up, they were supposed to send you a, a 1099 or you know information on that. And you won't be getting that. So that's good news, but it's still taxable. If you made big money on those Taylor Swift tickets, you know, technically you're supposed to be uh, reporting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be a busy season. Hopefully it won't be as bad as some of these pandemic um, seasons have been because the tax uh, rules uh, don't seem as complicated. Um, you know, there aren't as many big changes. Um, maybe that means your refunds won't be as big as they were during the pandemic. Uh, but that is uh, something, you know, that, that is good. The IRS has gotten better at releasing those refunds. It takes about 21 days. Um, if you do have the earned income tax credit, if you're lower income, uh, they cannot release that uh, refund until mid-February because there was so much fraud that uh, Congress had put into place some uh, safeguards, and you, they can't release it till mid-February. And yesterday the IRS said, um, earned income tax credit and the additional child tax credit. Uh, these are for lower income families. The, those refunds probably won't get to you till February 27th. So you need to realize that there is a little bit longer of a wait um, there. 
But, yeah, it is funny to be talking about taxes at this time. You know, I look at taxes as, as a a reflection of your life in 2023. Um, if you were on strike uh, at the UAW, um, went through that 46-day strike, that's a taxable event because you're going to get a 1099 miscellaneous for that strike pay, and you want to keep that um, uh, keep that uh, on the side, you know, for your tax return to file that. And that takes a little bit more time, so you might not be able to file your return as early as maybe as you did last year if you didn't have as much paperwork. So you have to remember to wait for those forms. Um, the UAW is going to be issuing the Form 1099 miscellaneous for that strike pay uh, once you hit $600 in the strike pay. So it's going to be a little bit unusual because that was a very different strike. You know, some people weren't uh, on strike a, a long time, but they're still going to have to be dealing with that. Um, they did get bonuses and, and other things, so they should be able to cover it. But that's something to think about, you know, as you're doing your planning. Also, something to think about is uh, high interest rates. Many people did benefit from that when they went out and bought a high interest rate CD or put that money into a high interest rate savings account. Uh, another taxable event maybe that you wouldn't have been thinking about for years because interest rates were so darn low uh, that you really didn't think, oh, this could be a big tax hit. Um, but it could be a fairly uh, fairly good size for some big savers who put a lot of money on the sidelines in money market accounts because they were worried about the variability or the flex, you know, the volatility of uh, the stock market. Susan, so they, Susan the, fi- the, the filing deadline is still April 15th, but the, the, some people can get a, a later deadline depending on their situation. Yes, um, you, you get, uh, can get an automatic six-month extension. Um, that's for your... Um, ability to pay, not not ability to pay. You have to have that money paid by the 15th, but uh, you're uh, filing. So if you have enough win withholdings and you know you were going to get a big refund and you have some issues, you can get it extended automatically for six months and you, you know, would file a, a form for that and uh, get an extension. But then sometimes the IRS will come out when there's a um, emergency situation or a um, weather situation mm-hmm. that causes havoc and they will note that some areas some specific communities do have extensions and that's something that um that you want to look at like if there's a tornado or um you know something in your community that uh would have impacted uh your life situation you know hardship and making it more difficult for people to get things together um so that yes that is but this year it's april 15th we've had some crazy years where it's a different date Mm -hmm. but it is definitely april 15th this year I just have a quick question. We're at the end of this. Uh, you can wait, though, until the, uh, closer to April because I read an article that Congress is considering some maybe breaks that could help. Um, you know, that's a very good question. You, you have an excellent point because there's always something that uh, can can um, mess you up. You can get a form. You can get um, something in the mail that you weren't expecting. So that is a good reason not to rush. Sometimes there can be some changes uh, in the pipeline uh, that would go back to December. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen this year or not. That hopefully uh, won't. But that is a very good point because sometimes you really do, by rushing, you end up uh, getting yourself into into trouble where you're going to have to amend the return. And often that is where the IRS has had some problems in issuing those refunds. It's with amended returns. So if you right. Well, avoid... we can also do some organizing right now and at least get kind of your receipts, your deductions, things like that 
in order. Very quickly, uh, Susan, uh, turnaround time. Do we know how quickly we can, if we've got, a, if we're waiting a refund, how quickly we can get that back? Yes, uh, typically 21 days or less uh, if you do a direct deposit. And the IRS has made improvements, they say, on their Where Is My Refund tool online to give you even some better details. Uh, that's in my co uh, column today, in my piece today. Um, they did say they've made some improvements, so hopefully that will help, you know, to track that refund. They cash those checks right away, though, when you owe. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like somebody that tried to kite a few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, uh, Susan, thank you so much, and uh, we'll we'll start the process, but as you point out, there's no need to rush right now, but it is time to give it some thought, especially uh, in those weekends maybe where it's uh, too ugly to get outdoors. Well, uh, and especially care. if you're going to owe, too, you know, it really is important to prepare, you know, if yeah. you've got some big hit coming. I think that's really the key if you, okay. if you did something, so, yeah. All right, Susan, thank you so much. Take care, and we'll look forward to uh, contacts in the future as we get closer to that horrible day, April right. 15th. Thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, all right, so long. When we come back, a former Wolverine star who is savoring and celebrating the national championship, that's next on JR Morning. There is nothing worse than having a leaky pipe, a flooded basement, or a hot water tank break down in your home or office and not knowing who to call. Well, I've been there, and a company I trust to help is Shelby Mechanical. They came out to our house just a couple weeks ago, diagnosed a few problems we have with our old house, and really put our minds at ease. They are a longtime preferred contractor of the Inside Outside Guys and a great family-owned business that has been in the plumbing industry since the 1980s. Shelby Mechanical is truly Metro Detroit's residential and commercial expert in plumbing, sewer, or drain problems and for reasonable prices. My friend just asked me for a recommendation, and I told her, call Shelby Mechanical. Right now, you can get a Bradford White Infinity Series tankless water heater installed with zero interest for 12 months. Don't let plumbing, sewer, or drain problems clog up your time. To get same-day or next-day plumbing service, call Shelby Mechanical for your home or office at 586-726-9444. That's 586-726-9444. Or visit shelbymechanical.net. That's shelbymechanical.net. For projects big and small, you know who to call. Shelby Mechanical for all your plumbing needs. Now that this moment's been realized, how does it compare to what you imagined it would be? This is everything I imagined. When we said to come back, it was a lot of us. We said we had unfinished business. So I'll leave y'all with this. Business is finished. I love that. That's Blake Corum, who ran for 134 yards and two fourth-quarter touchdowns as the Michigan Wolverines beat the Washington Huskies 34-13. Uh, now we want to bring in someone special, Jamie Morris, a former All-American running back for the University of Michigan. While he was there, he broke the school's record for rushing yards in a season and still is fourth time, fourth all-time at U of M. Guess who's right behind him? Blake Corum. Let's bring in <laughs> Jamie Morris. You're still in Houston. Thanks for waking up early because I'm sure the party went in late into the night. Oh boy, it was a. It, it, uh, you know what? I did get a, I did get a half hour in. Asleep, <laughs> so I feel good. I'm gonna, I'm heading to the airport. Uh, fly home. I'm hearing good things that we didn't get that terrible snowstorm, so I can land. 
I can get my swag on because we, we they they got it's it's incredible. You win the national championship, you expect to find national championship swag and none. Utterly none. Some T-shirts. I bought some T-shirts. Well, that's because everyone probably bought it all up. Everyone's so rabid for this national championship. I want to ask you about the ground game. More than 300 yards. That certainly was the recipe to beat Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies. That was the game plan. And, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, we're a a fly-by-night kind of – kind of um, society now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to see the ball in the air. Well, Michigan is all about ground and pound. We're known for, and I don't have to tell you guys this, we're ground and pound. We, we, for three years, we've been doing that. This year, they probably, everybody tried to stop us from running the game, running the ball. And we, we were able to throw the ball this year. JJ got some recognition and everything like that. But when you got Michael Penix, who can, they can score the ball score touchdowns in a bunch, you got you to gotta run the ball. And uh, that was the great game plan. You run the ball and you play defense. And the one thing Michigan can do, they've been doing for the past three years, they, they, they can play defense. And this defense is incredible. I got to give them all the credit in the world. They, they, they put pressure. They did something uh, no other team could do. Uh, they put pressure on Michael Penix, and uh, they got after them, that, that defensive line and those linebackers. Uh, have, they've done a great job, and that secondary. We we people have not given um, Will Johnson enough credit, uh, Mike Sammy still enough credit, um, and uh, those those young men. I am very proud of them. Me, I'm gonna say this for the first time on the radio. This is the greatest team in Michigan history. There is wow. no team in the really? history of Michigan that could lose their coach, their head coach, for six games. And win six games. Yes, I lost. I left. I, I, I left. My coach had a heart attack my last game, so he couldn't come to the he couldn't come to the Hall of Fame game. And we went and we won it for both. And we played and we we did a good job. But it it um I'm sorry I'm getting that's emotional. okay. It makes you proud to be a part of a program that is built. On the foundation that we we have, and I I I I um I thank Bo Schimbeckler, and I thank everybody for the opportunity to be a part of this program. And those kids, what they went through this year, with everybody telling them they cheated, they did everything, they went ignored all of the noise, and they won the national championship. And that's all you can do. And um yeah. I apologize for that. No, no, no you're a Michigan, you don't have to Michigan man. <laughs> Absolutely, but, except you're making us cry. Yeah. Uh. The you know uh, Donovan uh, Edwards, he was he, he had been quiet. Uh, I, I believe since I think the Penn State game, and he just no. came out yeah. like gangbusters. Donovan's a, a, he's a young man that um, you know he wants to do good, and uh, he sometimes he puts uh, too much pressure on himself. And uh, he just had to relax and let it come to him. And that's what he did last night. He, you know, seeing Blake, look, it's not a competition, but he knows seeing Blake having success and different things like that. He's, he's an athlete too. He's an elite athlete. And he let it, he let the game come to him. Mm -hmm. And when he got the ball in his hand, he did Donovan things. He did the things that, which I'm going to say this inspired Blake. 
got Blake's up and going because you know they they play off of one another. You you saw nobody happier than Blake Corum when Donovan scored those two touchdowns yeah. and sparked this team and got got them going. Yeah, and it 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 it, it was just good to see. And you gotta you gotta love this team. I I look they it, complimentary football is the greatest football in America. People don't know when you say complimentary football. Look, you got a you got a great defense and you got a great offense, and they complement each other. These two players complemented each other last night. And look, I, and people say, well, you know, JJ didn't have such a great game. He had a, he had over a hundred yards passing, but you know, it wasn't his night. We were able to run the ball. The offensive line got up there, and they did their job. They created holes, and you could see, hey, even my old butt could run through those holes today. <laughs> <laughs> the big the big man did the job, no question about it, Jamie, but the best Wolverine team ever. Uh, let the debate begin on that. I'm not going to challenge you on it. Based on what we saw last night, I think that's a boast they can make we're so glad you could share it with us thanks for being on i appreciate it thank you guys you guys have a great michigan day i'm <laughs> just saying great michigan day and whatever you are you're you're a wolverine today Great conversation with Jamie Morris, uh, the running back, uh, mid-80s era running back, now on uh, WTKA out in uh, Ann Arbor, uh, who does a a great job. And really, and I hope we have the bite, uh, I'm sorry, WTKA in Ann Arbor, uh, pull up the bite. Really, really emotional moment when he was talking about the struggles, the challenges this team has faced throughout the year. Oh, it's not ready yet. Okay, I, 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 you guys, I know you guys were hustling to turn it around, but uh, I, I was, you know, his emotion was palpable. He was talking about Bo, and when Bo had the heart attack before the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame game, and uh, and, and said, you know, this is a, about overcoming adversity. Here he was. This is the greatest team in Michigan history. There is wow. no team in the really? history of Michigan that could lose their coach, their head coach, for six games and win six games. Yes, I lost – I, I, I left – my coach had a heart attack my last game, so he couldn't come to the – he couldn't come to the Hall of Fame game, and we went and we won it for both. And we played and we, we did a good job. But it, it – um, I'm sorry, I'm getting – That's okay. It makes you proud to be a part of a program that is built on the foundation that we, we have. And I, 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 um, I thank Bo Schimbeckler and I thank everybody for the opportunity to be a part of this program. And sharing the sentiments, the emotion, uh, the mm-hmm. exuberance that so many alums felt watching that team yesterday. There's such uh, this pride guy over this Michigan man, yeah. and they all feel it. And it just seems like they were all there. Did you see the video of that one suite that had a ton of people in it, including Derek Jeter? I, I saw the shot of Jeter, but I, it, it, it was a, a huge group there. Yeah, Michael Jordan was in that suite. Travis Scott was in that suite. That was a, a big one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's bring in Steve Courtney, WJR Sports Analyst, uh, to, to join in. 
on the conversation. I mean, for about uh, the better part of two quarters there in the middle of the game, Washington made a game of it, uh, and they started to at least feel their way to shutting down the Michigan offense. But my goodness, that fourth quarter. Yeah, you're right, Guy. Good morning to you. Hello again, everyone. This conversation brought to you by the Performance Remodeling Sweepstakes. Performance Remodeling, a preferred partner of the Inside Outside Guys, kicked off another $100,000 window of opportunity sweepstakes. Request your windows, roofing, and siding quote today. Log into windowsroofingsiding.com to enter the Performance Remodeling Sweepstakes. You know, the big question going in, uh, would the Washington Husky defense find a way to stop this prolific Michigan running game. We found out in short order uh, in the first quarter that that wouldn't be the case. Look, the Husky defense allowing 4.4 yards per carry going in, and then you had Donovan Edwards break off those two prolific touchdown runs in the first quarter. As a matter of fact, the Wolverines ran for 229 yards in the first stanza, and at one point they were averaging 19 yards per carry. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Yeah, you're right, Guy. The uh, Husky defense figured some things out and became a bit stingier. Uh, But when they scored the late touchdown in the first half after Coach Jim Harbaugh decided to go for it on fourth and two, you've got a seven-point game going into the second half. Still very much up in the air, obviously. First play from scrimmage for the Washington Huskies. It's picked off. This Michigan defense... Uh, was swarming, uh, as they have been throughout the year. When you take a look at Michael Penix, this guy uh, led the nation in 20-yard completions, not able to get anything done. How about third-down efficiency? As a matter of fact, it applies to really both teams. Uh, Two of 14 for the Huskies, one of 10 for Michigan. So at the end of the day, when you take a look at the offensive numbers, and please keep in mind, the Huskies actually possess the ball, if you take a look at that stat, by about a minute and a half. Uh, they control the ball longer than Michigan. Unable to do anything because Michael Penix, I think he was only sacked one time, uh, but he paid the price throughout. So uh, this Michigan defense, again, very, very impressive. I think that Mikey Sanders still getting that interception at the end to seal the game was just perfect. Yeah, and it just put an exclamation point, James, on uh, what this Michigan defense meant to this team. And, you know, I was uh, reading leading up to the tilt, uh, several former Michigan players were under the impression uh, that if Michigan was to win this national championship, J.J. McCarthy uh, would be the greatest of all time at the quarterback position in the illustrious history of Michigan football. Uh, Somewhat of a mediocre game, 140 yards. He ran for 31. As a matter of fact, had a couple of uh, big runs using his legs in this tilt. Um, But he improved, and this is certainly noteworthy, he improved at 27-1 and as a starter in his uh, career at Ann Arbor. (laughs) Uh, You can't argue with that for crying out loud. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. And... um... I just think that as they move forward, I mean, they may not have J.J. McCarthy. They may not have some of these seniors, but the future on the field with these players is bright, regardless of who coaches them. We don't know how that's going to go either. Yeah, this is going to be a real mystery, uh, Jamie. I mean, uh, you know, let's just all sit back and uh, see what transpires. I mean, obviously, there's uh, still uh, potentially some NCAA action. 
uh, against Michigan. Um, and there's been so much scuttlebutt as to exactly what the future is uh, for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, look, uh, there's vacancies in the National Football League. Uh, I think there's an overwhelming opinion uh, that Jim Harbaugh, he alluded to it after the game, that his father, Jack, won a national championship at Western Kentucky. Uh, obviously, his uh, brother wins a Super Bowl with the Ravens. And uh, there is his bone of contention that Jim Harbaugh would like to get back to the National Football League to win football's most coveted prize. Now, uh, there's also some been some discussion, obviously, about a contract extension uh, at Michigan, a rather lucrative uh, extension. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. There are a lot of balls in the air right now as it pertains to Michigan football moving forward. Well, he, he'll have a national championship now and a tattoo. Yeah, he's apparently <laughs> getting a 15-0 and 0 tattoo. Now that's going to be fashionable. Yes, it? <laughs> I, I may, I, you know. Where I, is the question? Oh, look at the time. <laughs> Knowing Jim Harbaugh, he's going to be able to tell people to kiss his tattoo in the future. Um, the, you know, it's interesting, though. I mean, President Ono, Ward Manuel, the AD, coming out yesterday, giving him the vote of confidence, saying they're going to work and work at get him to. Well, let's see. I mean, you know, money talks, uh, whoever comes up with it. But, you know, for him, he's done what he came to do. He, he, Restore his he former did. alma mater back to glory. Yes. He's done right. that. So, and with all the openings in the NFL, I wonder if this is the time he jumps. He well, hasn't let me of, know. We'll, we'll there's see. a lot of heavy speculation about these uh, Los Angeles Chargers. They've got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert and uh, – Obviously, Jim Harbaugh, uh, no stranger to the West Coast. So, mm-hmm. look, you know, uh, if you're a Michigan fan, you enjoy this and uh, you take it all in. And uh, in the weeks and months ahead, uh, you know, obviously we'll have to wait for some answers. Yeah, well, for today, we savor a national championship and a victory and uh, just a, another another incredible landmark and milestone in a storied football program. Steve, thank you so much. All right, you guys have a good day. Enjoy Vegas, there, guy. Uh, already, uh, already seeing some amazing grilling machines out here, Steve. I can't wait to tell you about them. Keep keep you and I from being grilling out in the cold. I I, I got to tell you, there's some fun Wonderful. stuff out here. We'll get to that a little bit further on. Uh, meantime, uh, you heard Steve say Jay Jay McCarthy, the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. You know, we're going to talk with another darn good quarterback, John Wangler, next on JR Morning. Listen, I hear all the time from the inside outside guys about how in-home air quality really can affect your health. We kind of take it for granted, but in these winter months when we're all cooped up, if you've got filters in your home that haven't been changed out, that can be a recipe for low air quality and it can also ultimately impact how you and your family feel. And I ran into my friends from CNC Heating and Air Conditioning. They wanted me to remind you, you still can get your furnace tuned up. Find out if those filters are doing the job or need changing. Also find out whether or not your furnace is running efficiently or whether you're sending a lot of hard-earned dollars up the flue. Uh, they all want us to help uh, breathe easier and also decrease dust. And they've been doing this for 75 years. The Corian family making sure that customer service is first and foremost uh, here in Southeast Michigan. 
and that they're taking care of your heating and air conditioning needs. It's how they become one of the most trusted heating and cooling companies out there. So do stay warm, cozy, and safe during the winter months, but make sure, too, that your furnace is healthy and that you're healthy as well. And right now, you've got Carrier Cool Cash Savings out there where you can get a lot of money off a new Carrier Furnace. It starts with a call to CNC Heating and Air Conditioning, 800-MY-FURNACE. That's 800-693-8762. Get a free 21-point comfort survey, and if needed, get installation of a new Carrier Heating and Cooling System installed tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow. Visit cncheat.com. Carrier Turn to the experts. John Wangler next on JR Morning. We knew we needed to set it early. The offensive line, shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to the tight ends and receivers. Y'all really killed it today. Michigan, we did this for you. That was Blake Corum, the offensive player of the game as the Michigan Wolverines beat the Huskies 34-13 to win the national title. Now we have another special guest who knows a thing or two about the maize and blue, John Wangler, who led the Wolverines to the first Rose Bowl victory since 1964. That was in 1981. He also won four Big Ten championships. So you're also a champion, John. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. It's great to be here. Great to be uh, part of another national championship in Michigan. It's the first one since 97. And uh, I'm so happy for this team and, and Jim and the coaches and you know, Michigan people everywhere. It's uh, It was a wonderful experience and uh, did an unbelievable job last night. John, your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh saying J.J. McCarthy is the greatest Michigan quarterback <laughs> that ever lived. I, I, you know, that's a lot of quarterbacks, but I, I couldn't disagree with them. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, he what, what J.J.'s done, uh, you look at his record, and, you know, quarterbacks, you know, statistics are one thing, but – Wins and we get judged on wins and losses and what we do against Ohio State at Michigan and uh, in the bowl games and and JJ is is at the top. I mean, what you know, this is really the icing on the cake and uh, you know I, I hope we get to see him some more. I hope it's not done. Um, obviously, we've had some great quarterbacks in Michigan. Everybody's done the best they could when when they had that position and. You know, there's one guy who uh, took it even to another level in the NFL and Tom Brady. But I tell you uh, what what J.J.'s done and the leader he's been and the character and kind of person he's been, you know, as well as his obvious athletic ability, um, you know, it'd be hard to argue that he's been uh, – his record speaks for itself. And I think, I think he is. I mean, you know, everyone can argue. That's what sports is about. But I don't know if there's anyone who's done a better job and won more games and – you know, what, taking us to more heights than, than what JJ's done. John, John, uh, talk to me about. I, I'm sorry, Lloyd. Talk to t- talk to us about the, the the complexity of this offense and the different offensive looks uh, that Jim Harbaugh and his team gave Washington. It just seemed like they were consistently off balance. They really did. They did a great uh, game plan. Uh, you know, in short period, a short turnaround from Alabama, both offensively and defensively. And we're really playing the football that Jim loves and that, you know, he he grew up on and, and that he was so successful with at um, uh, Stanford and at, at San Francisco. You know, a lot of movement, a lot of different formations, but in the end it, it, it kind of ends up the same. But, you know, run the football, dominate the line of scrimmage, um, and have tight ends who are very versatile, who can block and get them into different formations. And then – you know, two great running backs, three great running backs, four great running. I mean, we've had 
you know, we can interchangeable parts and then a quarterback who can, who can maneuver, can throw, um, and, and extend plays. And that's what he has with JJ. He can do everything. And, uh, and run. you know, we yeah. have receivers who make plays. Um, John, you, I know that, um, uh, Harbaugh played for Bo. How does Bo's spirit play in, in this team, how they endured so much during this whole year? Well, that's that's a great point. I think you know that's how we all learned our football was from Bo and uh, what these kids had to go through. You know, not having your head coach for six games, the ups and downs, the roller coasters, the innuendos, the the all of the, the the things that we all saw and went on, uh, and they never flinched. These guys were had a resolve um, and a, a determination and a goal, and they didn't let anything get in the way. And the the great thing, and I've gotten to know a lot of these players. My son Jared does a lot of the NIL stuff with them, with Champion Circle. Their best players are their best leaders, and these kids they're they're great kids. You know, they're great players, obviously, but they're great people and they're great leaders. And there weren't a lot of me guys on this team, and I think that's one of the things that Jim's instilled in them, right? And that's how we were all kind of brought up, you know, in Michigan football under Bo and is it's not about you it's about the team mm-hmm. and, and these guys are all willing to sacrifice individual goals and maybe some of their personal aspirations so that they could you know uh, come together and, and, and accomplish what they wanted to do how many kids came back who could have turned pro last year because you know as uh, Blake said right it was unfinished business mm-hmm. and and they wanted to win it for you know, Michigan, and they wanted to win it for their team and their players and their coaches because they'd been to two uh, CFPs and they had lost, and they weren't they weren't happy with that result. And and you know, they pushed all their chips in. As you guys remember, the beginning uh, of the year, it wasn't just oh, we want to win the Big Ten and we want to get to the CFP. They were they pushed everything, and it was a national title, and, and if anything less was going not going to be acceptable. And they did what they set out to do. Yeah, Blake went to a basketball game with his uh, crutches and said, we're going to make it to Houston and we're going to win everything. I was You kind of touched on this, but in a time when players are transfer, tra- transferring and no quarterback really has started and ended at the same place, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, all these guys stayed. And that's so important, Jamie, that, you know, I'm an old guy, and I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad there's some been, been some real changes. But to to be able to start and finish at a school, uh, you make a commitment to it, and you have a job, and you finish that job. I mean, that says everything about their character. And uh, you know, it's it's hard to get a group that is all willing to do that. And and Jim was able to pull pull that together, and to to get those kids to all believe in in the greater good and the greater goal. And, and like, you know, I said earlier, when you have your best players, when you have your Blake Holmes, your J.J. McCartney's, your Junior Colsons, I mean, you could go up and down, up and down, the Mike Barrett's, you could go up and down the list, right? Those older guys, and, and you got to have that experience. Those guys have been through a lot of wars and have been through, you know, ups and downs, and, and they, they came back for a reason, and it wasn't about yeah. personal stats, and, and that's a – that's a rarity in college football these days. Great, great perspective. Not a lot of me guys. John Wangler, thanks so much. Go Blue. We celebrate the victory with you. I, we said it since the beginning of the year, man. Those who stay, 
We came back for a reason. Those who stay will be champions, and look what happened. All that work everybody put in, no matter the doubters, the critics, the haters, whatever, no matter the adversity we face, this team from players to coaches to staff buckled down, man, and we became legends tonight. We done proved the whole world wrong. That was Chris Jenkins, the senior defensive lineman for the Michigan Wolverines, and that D-line certainly did its job last night. The big win over Washington. Now let's talk to Jim Brandstatter, who's been a fixture on the Michigan broadcast for four decades. Uh, Brandy, you were there for a semifinal that didn't go their way a couple years ago, and all of that led to last night's moment. Oh, it did, Jamie. Hail to the victor's valiant, huh? Champions of the West, the East, the North, and the South. Uh, just, a, just a great victory. And uh, I think that the, the game last night was born out of that game we were at two years ago. Um, I think I told the story that, you know, J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum were standing outside watching Georgia celebrate on the Hard Rock Stadium floor uh, when Michigan got beat that night. And I think that the seeds of last night, uh, were planted that night, and and I think all of them talked about it. That you know, even JJ said last night, you know, last year when they got beat by TCU, said we will be back, and that resolve, um, that that determination, that single-minded focus, was clearly evident last night in in the way they played that football game. Brandy uh, Penix has been pinpoint all through the year. What happened yesterday? What 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 did he see or not see that made him not be uh, very uh, accurate last night? Well, he saw a lot of Michigan Wolverines at his feet. He saw he saw pressure coming in the uh, you know his, uh, his peripheral vision. It, it just made him uncomfortable. It's like what I talked about yesterday was they didn't have to sack him, but what they had to do is make him uncomfortable, make him feel the pressure. He did get sacked once, but he knew every time he took a snap that maybe he had maybe just that second less to, mm-hmm. to, to look for a throw. And, and and when you do that, I don't care who, what quarterback you are. You can be Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, you name it, any of those guys. If you force them off their spot, you make them uncomfortable, they're not as good, they're not as accurate. And, well, that was evident last night, and it was perfect. Uh, Jesse Minter and the defensive staff did a wonderful job of planning it and, and then executing it when they got in the game. Jim, talk about the very special chemistry that this team had. We just got off with John Wangler, and he said, you know what's special? There aren't a lot of me guys on this team. No, they're not. And, and guy, that's the whole key to the game. I mean, it's, uh, John's right. Wangs is absolutely right. I mean, I think if you look at it last night, one of the most touching stuff that I saw was after the game, you saw Jim Harbaugh hugging his mom and his dad and his brother. They were there. There's that family thing. When? Let me just ask you, when was the last time you saw a championship like that where all of that stuff was going on and the announcers knew who they were? Uh, they had their dad up there on the stage doing his, who's got it better than us? Whoever did that. And that's, I think, from Jim, it went down to the team. and it, you know, It came down and sifted down. That whole family attitude about caring about what the other guy wants, doing what's necessary and best for him to make him successful, uh, I think just carried over to everybody. And they all bought in, and they all felt it, and they came back for one reason, and it wasn't to be patted on the back and make records. It was to win a championship. And um, 
It's a, it's a special group. It truly is. I, Jenkins said, I think at the end of the bike that Jamie was talking about, that, you know, we are all legends. They are. They're currently in Michigan's great legacy of football. This team, Team 144, truly has left a legacy for the rest of uh, the teams that come forward in their performance at 15-0, and 0, winning a national championship and doing it so impressively. This team truly has left a legacy. Well, Brandy, uh, Harbaugh has done what he said he was going to do by bringing the glory back to uh, Michigan. And we know one thing he's going to do. He's going to get a tattoo. <laughs> What's going to happen <laughs> after that? <laughs> I don't know. And and you know what? I, that's the other thing I thought last night. Is he kept saying, people kept asking him about, what are you going to do now? Are you going to go to the NFL? And he said, can I enjoy this? Just let me enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was so human. You know, it, it was so – you know, Jim is, let's face it, he's quirky. Uh, I know there are people last night talked about how he doesn't like people when he'd say that, you know, he's quirky. But he, he's very human when you think about it. And I, I'm kind of with him at this point. I'm going to let him enjoy this for a couple of days. Okay, fair. Uh, he deserves it. That's a very human thing to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe he doesn't this. know. You know, yeah, and that's the thing, too. You, 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 we all know. Jamie, you guys have been around. You, you've talked to people. You get coach speak, you know, right. and and uh, here's Jim Harbaugh saying, "Hey, gee, let me rem- let me just enjoy this for a while," and uh, it kind of re- is refreshing a little bit. And I'm I'm like uh, of the belief right now that I think I'll let him enjoy it for a couple of days. What I think is special is so many people went to this game. So many former oh, yeah. players saw it in person, like John Wangler, like Jamie Morris, like a whole host of people. My buddy Dick Calderazzo was down there, uh, who played in the 1969 team with me. And we all, the 69 team had a tremendous, uh, uh, because we beat Ohio State in that watershed game that kind of restarted the rivalry between Michigan and Ohio State and the 10-year war with Bo and Woody. And, and, and this team, and every and, and Bo's trademark, Bo's you know, hand fingerprints are all over this program since that day, since that 69 game. And even with Jim Harbaugh. You know, Bo's fingerprints are, are on this program. And, and that's, I think, the history and the tradition of Michigan football. That's what makes it special, that you've got Wangs and you've got Calderazzo and Mark Warner, guys that, George Prisgassi, guys that played forever uh, years ago. Tom Sebron was down there. Uh, Derek Walker was down there. And, and because this is a tradition. This is an outfit that believes, this is a program that believes in its history and its legacy. And and to watch, we're all, nobody is, all the guys that went before couldn't be more proud of the group that's there now. And, and we're just thrilled that they've, you know, taken Michigan to the top of the mountain again. And, and I think that speaks volumes about what the program is, who we are. And uh, we're very thankful for Jim Harbaugh and that staff for doing what they did. Jim, whether it's Harbaugh or, or whoever's going to be coaching, I mean, one of the enduring challenges is and in fact Tom Izzo mentioned this yesterday when we talked to him about it is the fact that you've got guys that did stay they didn't enter the portal but that's becoming a harder thing to do do you think that moving forward they'll be able to get that level of commitment from their recruits I hope so um and I think it talks to it speaks to the character of the young man that you recruit um you've got to have a guy that's committed to uh each other rather than uh, the almighty dollar uh, I mean, you've got quarterbacks. You got a, there's a quarterback out there right now that started his career two years ago at Clemson, 
He moved to Oregon State last year, and this year, next year, he's going to be playing at Florida State. Yeah. Um, that's not loyalty. That's you know. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Don't blame the kid. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong because the rules allow him to do it. Uh, but but you've got to. It's it's a bigger issue when you recruit a young man. You've got to make sure, or you hope anyway, that that young man is committed to the university and and, and his teammates and his classmates, as opposed to looking at it and saying. This is my next step to the level of the NFL. Yeah. I, but I think I, that was the key to the to these people, to these alums and these fans really buying into what these kids were doing and oh, why I, they're so special. Oh, absolutely. Guys, they knew them. Kind of, yeah, absolutely. I guess when you hear Blake Corum said, that's why I came back. Right. He could have gone to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So could JJ. So could, so could Michael Barrett. So could have Junior Colson. All those kids could have gone to the NFL. They knew, but they didn't. They came back for a specific reason, and that reason was to win a national championship for Michigan. And and that's something. Maybe maybe we, it's special guy and Jamie and Lloyd because we don't see that much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe anymore. Maybe right. that's kind of going away. And to have it there, and, and maybe for the last time from a for a school, or or it will be a a unique time and there'll be another school down the road, but it's not going to be every year. Uh, and to have that happen uh, is a special moment. It, it, it is a special team because they all bought in and they all believed in each other as opposed to believed in what I'm, what's this going to do for me? It's what I'm going to do for us. And that's kind of a special attitude. Let's spread this over to the Lions now next weekend. Yeah. Amen. Amen, <laughs> brothers. <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's get them going to the Super Bowl, man. They've got a good enough team they can make it. And I hope that attitude well, shines through because attitude is 100%. Yeah. The prevailing wind does come from the west in this town, and so maybe a little of the Wolverine pixie dust will fall on Ford Field. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much. Uh, we just uh, we're savoring this win with you. We're so happy that old friends like you can come in and share it with us. I'm I'm just thrilled to death with them. I was so excited last night. Again, just it's just a great day. <laughs> it's an amazing blue day. As Bob it, Euford it would say, indeed. God bless their amazing cotton picking amazing blue hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, take care. Best to Robbie, and uh, we got to get to a break. When we come back, we'll continue celebrating the win. Uh, There is an official declaration on this uh, from the governor. We'll share that with you and much more just ahead on JR Morning. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, herself a Spartan, uh, showing that this kind of championship can bring all Michiganders together, uh, declaring today Wolverine Day, a proclamation that was issued about, uh, that was about three hours ago, just before we signed on the air, uh, 3 a.m. here in in Vegas and 6 a.m. over there. She says, as a mom of two Wolverines and governor, I'm proud to proclaim Wolverine Day in Michigan. The team's exceptional skill, determination, grit, and professionalism exemplify the values that define us as Michiganders. And as polarized as our politics is, I think most of us can agree with that, you guys. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's fun that a Michigan team won the national championship. Perhaps all Spartans do not feel that way, but it's a nice thing to have happen. You might want to be careful just going around saying happy Wolverine Day to just just anybody. Check the license plate. (laughs) Check the license plate. Let me look at that license plate. Or tattoos. Oh, the tattoos. That's right. Yeah, uh, no question. Meantime, uh, some interesting political news. Nolan Finley. 
uh, breaking the news that former congressman from the west side of the state and former U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands, uh, Peter Hoekstra, uh, saying that he would be more than happy to take over for Christina Caramo to try to bring both uh, the, the MAGA grassroots wing of the GOP, and, but also the, uh, the the establishment part of the GOP, of which he was a member, to bring them together. He's got a foot in both camps. He says uh, moving forward he could be chair. We'll see how that goes. Uh, meantime, uh, Mike Rogers, the, the one of the leading Republican candidates for senator, uh, endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, Nolan Finley uh, breaking both of those stories uh, in his newsletter this morning. He says he's kind of disappointed that Mike Rogers did that, hoping he would get behind someone other than Trump. Uh, but I think it shows you guys the political reality that uh, here we are just a few days away from the Iowa caucuses and that uh, it, it appears that all momentum is behind the former president. A lot of folks watching the weather, Jamie. Yeah, especially with Iowa coming up, this polar vortex is threatening to disrupt everything over there uh, because they're forecasting frigid weather for the next week. So that dampens voter turnout. Some are saying six to 12 inches of snow expected in some areas. So that could hinder older voters from going out or caucus members and some Trump supporters who think, oh, he's already ahead. I won't go out. Exactly. Could be uh, kind of a complacency factor there with folks saying, you know, he's already on the road to victory. I don't need to go out in this mess. And, right. And uh, they've that's canceled kind of worried... some campaign events already, Nikki Haley and President Trump. But Vivek is just driving all around still. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meantime, um, there is some interesting reporting in the Detroit News from Craig Mogger that there is legislation that could get in the way of state Republicans from going full caucus when it comes to choosing uh, candidates for statewide elected office instead of using the primary system. Uh, that whole thing is going to probably end up in court as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we had uh, Christina Caramo on yesterday, the the embattled chair of the party. Uh, whether she's in or out, that's the court's going to have to decide that too. But says so she feels this actually uh, doesn't disenfranchise at all, that it empowers people in the grassroots because she claims they will know their precinct delegates and that those delegates will be more responsive to them. Uh, that's not been my experience, uh, not been the experience of most, but maybe that's the future that she is uh, trying for. Lloyd? Uh, let me tell you, uh, you know it's the real deal when the spirit of Detroit uh, downtown has the jersey on of the Lions. It's the real deal. You know, he may have to wear two jerseys for a while. Well, yeah, uh, because now we have the national championship. So uh, you know, do, can we, can we, you know, alternate? Can we have uh, the... Well, it's a huge jersey. It I don't is. know how that thing comes on and off. But I will say when I was driving home from Channel 4 last night, uh -huh. uh, Motor City Casino had a big block M on it so everyone could see it. Wow. Well, you know, the last time the, the Spirit, I think, had a jersey, uh, had a Lions jersey anyway, was, I believe, in 2016 or 2017 when they went to the playoffs or something. But, you know, we've had the Red Wings jersey on the on there. We've had the Pistons jersey. So, you know, we, we need to have a Lions jersey on them. Oh, yeah. The they Spirit. had to buy a lot of new jerseys for him for the Red Wings because they were going to the, <laughs> to the cup so often. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, you know, it was interesting watching Dan Campbell yesterday when talking about uh, Sam Laporta. Uh, I don't know if it's a brinksmanship and uh, trying to get in Sean McVay's head, uh, but he said that Laporta is a possibility and we'll know in 24 hours right. from now whether or not he can play. 
Yeah, he was saying he's an outside shot. They're going to know more in a little bit, but an outside shot. So it must not be as serious as it looked on TV. One other thing, Brock Wright, a different tight end, coming back. So it doesn't look like they're going to try and bring someone else in. They feel like they're okay at tight end. All right. We will, uh, either way, it would be great if he could contribute and and add that to Mm -hmm. his already impressive resume as the most successful rookie yeah, rookie tight end in NFL history. Uh, guys, I'm going to be hitting the convention center today. We're going to be talking about a, a lot of mobility options that Michiganders are very involved in. Going to be looking at a new headset that the developers claim could not replace, but supplement the hearing, uh, the seeing eye dog. We'll be getting it all to you from Las Vegas. Till then, take care.